You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. So as many of you may know, currently I have a group of 24 patients who are going through an integrative health program to overcome chronic low back pain. And this group has been utilizing chiropractic, exercise, yoga, mind-body techniques, stretches, and home care to be able to overcome their pain. In addition, we've talked about adding a nutritional component, and part of that component was interviewing Today's guest, Wade Lightheart, who's host of the Awesome Health Podcast and is a three-time all-natural national bodybuilding champion. Today, you're going to learn about staying alive in a toxic world. You're going to love today's interview, and you'll get something very valuable at the end. Here's my guest, Wade Lightheart. All right. I'd like to welcome Wade on the show today, and I'm really excited because he's got a lot of great advice and is the man of many experiences. So I'm really excited to have you on today, Wade. Hey, great to be here, Michael. So first of all, first of all, I want to start out a little bit about just briefly about your history and how did you end up becoming involved with Mr. Universe? Well, it was a, a an interesting road. Basically, uh, three interesting things happened to me when I was 15 years old. And number one, my parents moved to an extremely rural area. It was five miles to my ne- nearest neighbor on a dirt road. The telephone poles ended at my yard. It was a beautiful area of like 500 square uh, acres. And... Uh, had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to do. Of course, I wasn't really excited about that idea. At the same time, my sister was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's disease, which is a form of cancer, the lymph nodes, essentially. And I watched her kind of uh, expire over the course of four years through, you know, despite all the efforts of all the medical doctors and establishment and the, the therapies and stuff. And but when at that same time, when I was 15, she had also given me my sister, that is, had given me a bodybuilding book or magazine. It was a muscle and fitness with Troy Zuclato on the cover, uh, who had just won Mr. California. He was this blonde guy and he had these two pretty girls on there and he had all these muscles and, and those three things kind of combined. And number one, I was hoping that I could be healthier if I, I felt that if I was stronger, maybe I wouldn't be sick. Number two, I had a lot of time on my hands with, you know, not being able to hang out with friends or do some of the things that a lot of kids would do. So I spent my time building a grad, building, I built a gym in a barn, literally in Northern Canada and, uh, started training and, and learning about the body. And that led to, uh, going to exercise physiology at the university of New Brunswick and, uh, nutrition and all that sort of stuff. And then I started getting into mentorship as my bodybuilding career started to kind of take on. And, you know, that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger was all the rage in those days with his muscles and great movies and stuff. And thought that was a very, uh, it was a cool idea for me. And then that just led from one thing to another as a personal trainer and I kept pursuing it. And after 16 years, I got to represent my country at the Mr. Universe contest. The interesting thing was, is I did it in kind of an unusual way without drugs. And I also competed as a vegetarian, which was really weird, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's extremely hard. Well, so let's go back to that uh, point that you made. I want to, I want to dig in a little bit. Do you really believe that being stronger means you're healthier and that you have less problems? Well, you know, that's a great question. And here's what I'll, uh, I'll share with you is after the Mr. Universe contest, uh, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. I always say I went from Mr. Marshmallow or Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. 
And I made the classic mistake that I think most people make. And that was I mistook fitness for health. So if you take me to going up to that contest, you know, I had a certain cosmetic fitness, obviously, because bodybuilding is more of a visual sport, but I had great cardio. I had low body fat levels. Probably my blood pressure rate was great. Like all these kind of, you know, these external looks, you look at the picture like, wow, this guy's in great shape. And as we oftentimes idolize athletes or famous people in the movies or persons of influence that have a physical vital appearance. That's one of the caveats for success and fame in a lot of uh, leading positions uh, out there, whether it's modeling or whether it's in the acting industry. Right. And, but what I didn't know was that fitness is only a component of health. There's all kinds of athletes. There's all kinds of actors and movie stars and famous people and things who look great, but are actually not healthy from an internal standpoint, their organs, maybe their mental health, maybe their psychological health. They might be using an assortment of drugs this could be a lot of things that going on. They might have some genetic uh, predisposition for some conditions that they're not aware of. And I met a medical doctor um, right after that contest. And I said, I, I don't understand. I said, I've got the best coach. I've been following the discipline. I'm supposed to be doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. How has this happened to me? And he says, well, wait, you've learned how to build the body from the outside in. You haven't learned to build the body from the inside out. And that was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, he's so right. And at that point, I started to transform and look at how important it was to really concentrate on being as conscientious about what was going on inside my body as I was outside. And that led me to uh, developing digestive health aids and, you know, traveling around the world to kind of seek out people who have extraordinary, extraordinary levels of health, um, as defined by that, both internal, external, and I would also include uh, psychological and emotional health on that. How do you measure health then? Because you can kind of measure fitness, right? As, as you know, from these contests that judge someone's look as far as fitness goes, or how, how much they can lift or how far they can run. How, mm-hmm. how do you measure health? Well, I think for me, it's, there's a combination of factors. And I would say that one of the big factors is how adaptable are they to the human condition? So I know people who are, let's say, very rigid in maybe their dietary methodologies or the way that they choose to um, interact with the world that actually limits them in the fact that they're they're, they're so rigid that they have to, they're not really that adaptable. And of course, under Charles Darwin, they said, it's not this, it wasn't the survival of the fittest or the strongest as, as oftentimes he's misquoted. It was the survival of the most adaptable. So why see health as someone who is not only has physical vitality, but also maintains uh, mental flexibility and what I would say, emotional optimization. They're able to interact with a group of people very easily. They're able to travel abroad but not be freaked out. They are able to see other people's points of view uh, without the, the need to condemn or to say that they're right. They oftentimes have a, a maintenance of what I would say a, an open and curious mind so that they can actually – they recognize, hey, nobody knows everything and I can have a conversation. I can choose to 
debate someone or I can choose to listen to them. But that doesn't mean I have to go to hate. I'd have to go to anger. Uh, It means that I'm a functional person in society. I have good relationships with my family. And I also have a high level of vitality that allows me to get the best out of my yeah, my personal individual capacity, which which varies from person to person. I mean, obviously, I am not going to be Shaquille O'Neal. So, uh, you know, I wasn't born and to grow up to be seven feet tall, I can be the best person I can be. And Shaquille can be the best person that he can be. But we we do have fundamental potential difference. And I think that's important to recognize. But we can get the most out of it by by looking at all these things and, and seeing how we can best integrate a, a holistic kind of version of health. And so when we look at people, like you said, you know, one person may react a certain way than another. And especially when we're talking about the inside or our gut or digestion, how does one know how to choose what's right for them? Well, there's a little bit of experimentation and and there's a little bit of testing. And I'm a big believer. Good old trial and error, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I believe there's a combination of both. And the first thing starts with just observing what is. And what's really interesting in, in today's world is so many people are seeking out an outside authority and they've let go of their ability to actually objectively observe their patterns of behavior. So I, when I started out in bodybuilding, my coach made me actually journal what I was eating. Not only that, but also how I was feeling. Was I energized? Was I tired? And, and just by doing that, and I started doing that with my own clients, we start to pay attention to ourselves and recognize, you know, after I had that food, I, I felt really tired or lethargic. Or if I didn't eat these things, I felt I didn't have as much energy. And th- those are very basic, but they start giving you insights. And so, for example, uh, the co-founder of my company, um, Matt, he's on a ketogenic diet. I'm a vegetarian. And we run the same company. Um, He's found through trial and error and observation and and various forms of testing for him. He works better on that particular diet. And I have found almost a polar opposite for myself. And I still continue to experiment uh, within that range. But the reality is, is, uh, you know, and, and. there's a lot of there's a lot of range of flexibility. I don't think there's one simple path to, to to being ultimately healthy. And things can change over time. You know what I required as a man at you know maybe 15 versus 25 versus 35 to where I am now 45 are significantly different. And therefore, I, sh- I need to maintain a certain level of flexibility. I love that. I work in a multidisciplinary practice, and right now we're starting an integrative program for people with low back pain and. And what I noticed is that, you know, people who may have failed one of the treatments, when you combine them all, people will respond differently and at different rates and to different things, even though they've all got the same problem, low back pain. So taking this integrative approach, and I love that your company has has that approach that it's not saying, okay, this is the one way and the only way, because I, I Honestly, I think most of my patients are pretty open-minded anyways when it comes. They're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they're trying to really focus in on becoming uh, self-aware of what helps them. Well, thanks. And of course, I do believe there people oftentimes need assistance. Um, in fact, I think it's, uh, it's essential to have that outside uh, professional observation component that can bring to light certain components. I have a in in, the, in one of the courses I advocate. Um, I have what you call your Jedi 
I counsel and on my Jedi, Jedi counsel, I have a chiropractor, I have a Chinese medicine practitioner, I have a, a, a nutritionist, uh, I have a medical doctor, I have a, a variety of different people in, in what some people might consider more fringe perspectives in the holistic health care because I, I want to get a broad range of perspectives and oftentimes I can see patterns or find out things that I wouldn't if I was just trying to figure it all out on my own. And that's an important point to bring up because I'm sure you come across this where someone will go out and look on YouTube and find this information or read this magazine and say, hey, should I be doing this? You know, this this is what this says. What do you think about this? It distill all that knowledge into what works for the individual. Well, and there's one other issue with what happens oftentimes, and, and you can attest to this, I'm sure, uh, Michael, and that is that oftentimes when a person is being interviewed or pr- performing a presentation, you're speaking in, in oftentimes generalities in order to get the broadest part of the message across to someone. Yet you would be consciously aware of the variety of variants or exceptions within individuals or within certain situations that they may be suffering from or conditions. And so oftentimes I've seen really astonishing experts, really great experts being misquoted or attacked because they saw them say this or this at a certain time, but the whole picture wasn't illustrated because it wasn't time in an interview or something. And then uh, someone got misinformed and, and of course it, it, it spirals downwards and everyone wants to attack everybody who's out there on the, on the front lines sharing information, right, right. you know? So I think that's, yeah. people have to have a little bit of caveat and a little bit of awareness about that. Yeah. And as you start talking about things as an expert, you know, studies change, research changes. Most of the people that I follow, the reason I follow them is because they're focusing on not just the latest trends, but the latest research and results and and really bringing that in as, as cutting edge care versus a, a fad diet. Correct. Now, I watched some of your videos. I've done a little research on you and you seem to have quite a background in enzymes and probiotics. So, can we dig a little bit into that? And when, when do you feel like it's appropriate to use them? Where do you get them from and what can they be used for? Great questions. Um, well, one of the things that I, I discovered early on when I going back to my 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 physical challenge and when I got inter- integrated with my medical advisor on that, because he says, wait, your, your digestive system has been thrown off. You've been eating a very uh, monoatomic or mono diet. I only ate five things for 11 months when I was preparing on that contest. It was horrible. And I had altered my digestive capacity. And so he introduced um, enzymes and probiotics to kind of reestablish a, a, a healthy microbiome and to help me absorb and util- better absorb and utilize my food better. And I noticed immediate improvements. I also started to experiment it uh, as a way to accelerating the results from uh, fasting, both intermittent fasting and extended fasts, because I, I felt that the active ingredients from doing that or why that was so popular in people overcoming various conditions was what it freed up your metabolic en- enzymatic activity in the body. And for those who don't know, enzymes are involved in over 25,000 different chemical processes. They basically speed up everything. And the reason uh, you know, the average 40 year old has approximately, you know, 30% of its enzymatic capacity of someone who started out at birth. And it's one of the reasons why we heal slower. It's one of the reasons why we don't have as much energy, why we might have, you know, food that was easy to, to digest and consume as a teenager. We are feel upset about it. Uh, there's also enzyme deficiencies that can build up over time. Uh, the proliferation of herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides can alter, 
our enzymatic capacity. That's how they kill bugs. Um, same with our probiotics. We've had a very anti-biotic uh, uh, kind of focus for the last, you know, 60, 70 years. And this is this has side effects uh, and alterations to our microbiome that we're not able to maybe absorb, utilize, or perform all the functions because we have these essential bacteria inside our body that are essential for us to function. In fact, we couldn't live without them. And so I got really interested in, well, how do I, it's not what you eat. uh, It's what you are able to digest, absorb, and utilize. And of course, that's why I think there is some variance in what diets work for people because they may have enzymatic deficiencies of various natures, which would lend them more eat to, to more easily digest one form of uh, food as opposed to another. Uh, genetic heritage, which is always a taboo talk, topic, but if your ancestors grew up on certain types of foods, it's been proven. I think Chris Aceto did some articles back in 19, in the early 90s in bodybuilding that he found completely different uh, insulin responses, depending on the carbohydrate uh, fuel that was given to people. And he found that there was a genetic bias based on the habitual diets of various people and various races uh, throughout time. So the, so the, the whole story of that means that I got into saying, well, how do I find a way to kind of optimize people's digestion? And first I started out as a vegetarian to say, well, how do I optimize my protein absorption and utilization? So I uh, developed a, an enzyme blend that would allow me to do that. And also a probiotic uh, that we found that uh, with the, the doctor I worked with that we, that he developed, and it was a patented probiotic that had these really incredible capabilities. And what he did is he took it through a specialized experiment that would enhance its capacity uh, to perform functions, particularly to digest protein. And, you know, the, the patent part I liked because it was proven to work inside the gastrointestinal tract. And a lot of probiotics uh, aren't able to do that. So I took it, I got the experiment. I thought that worked really well. Well, for me, I tried it on my personal clients to see if I could alter patterns of behavior to healing and recovery. And of course, now the research is showing that you do heal faster using enzymes and that immune system functions better if you have good probiotics and all these sort of things. But this was a long time ago and there wasn't much area. And I still think there's a lot of undiscovered or uncharted land yet. And uh, I started doing it in my clinic. I had a holistic health clinic and I would try various things with people who had dietary problems, skin conditions, people who had uh, suffering from depression because they couldn't make the polypeptide chains to make their neurochemicals work, people that had trouble with metabolizing carbohydrates. And and uh, I started proving getting results. And then we coached over 15,000 people over the years and we started to be able to find patterns of behavior and by using uh, really high potent digestive enzymes and, uh, and, and really, uh, high potent, uh, patented single strain of probiotics that had, uh, protein digesting capabilities. Cause we found that's where a lot of people run into problems. So that's how it all got started. Um, uh, and I've been kind of down that road ever since. And, you know, what started out is to scratch my own itch, if you will, uh, all of a sudden, uh, all sorts of people from all kinds of walks of life started seeking me out and said, Hey, I heard you can help me with this. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's try it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it turned yeah. out, it turned out it, it worked pretty good. And, and eventually, uh, we evolved into from, you know, someone that was working on help, how to, how to, how to recover better for exercise and build stronger muscles and feel better. All of a sudden I had a digestive health company that was solving, you know, challenges like, uh, acid reflux and, and, uh, 
you know, gas and bloating and, and all these things that I never intended to do in the original uh, idea. But it turned out that the, we solved those problems better than anything else. And a, and a company sprung out of it. Well, let's go back to the 90s. So you, you had yourself in an interesting predicament, right? When you opened your first nu- nutritional store. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in 1998, I came, uh, I moved out West. I had just signed a nutritional supplement contract, uh, with, a with a company. Uh, I came out, I had a, you know, as a first, I was a titled athlete. So I was able to open up a personal, uh, training business and consulting business, which I started coaching people and I didn't know anybody. So I opened up a supplement store and uh, the supplement store as well, because I figured, hey, well, I'm not working. I can, you know, at the at the gym, I can have this little store and sell nutritional products and meet more people. And that would be an opportunity for my business. And it was a good decision. Uh, however, there was a little, you know, <laughs> turned out there was a bunch of uh, uh, nefarious individuals that would visit this at various hours. And I didn't know just being kind of fresh off the turnip truck guy. And uh there was a couple situations that got a little sideways, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so let's go back to gas and bloating. I know we've got a lot of listeners who could use a, a help with that. So what's your fix for someone who's dealing with, with issues uh, like that, digestive issues? Well, I think there's three specific areas that I like to uh, address. Um, and first, I, I do believe that you can't uh, supplement yourself out of a really poor diet. Um, I want to be clear about that. Um, what we provide, you want to choose a diet that's right for your system. So, um, if you look at, I'll just give a brief synopsis of this Uh, digestion. There's a single canal that goes from your mouth to your anus. And the reality is the food is in your body, but it's not in your cells where you need it. And in order for that to happen, uh, there is what's called the digestive process and you chew your food to start. And then the food travels down the esophagus, the esophagus and, and into the upper cardiac portion of the stomach. Now, what most people think that there's this big bowl of acid there that's ready to, to digest the food, and that's not the case. The first 30 to 60 minutes, the enzymes present in the food that you're consuming are going to start breaking down in the higher temperature and pl- also due to the mastication from chewing properly. But here's the thing. Uh, humans are the only people or only species on the planet that eats their food cooked. Every other species on a planet eats their food in a raw state. So a tiger, when he attacks a zebra, he'll kill the zebra. He guts the zebra, gets, goes right for the internal organs, the intestinal tract, where all the enzymes and all the bacteria are present within the animal. The animal, when it dies, releases a, a chemical called cathospin, which is present, which is it basically starts to break down its own body. So the animal actually gets all the enzymes present there. The tiger gets all the enzymes present in that zebra. Same thing if I'm a horse and I'm eating grass, that, that the horse eats the live grass and all living things contain enzymes. It eats these enzymes at the high body temperature and water temperature then starts to break it down. Now, the thing with humans are is we cook our food and anything over 114 degrees destroys all the enzymes. So there's no enzymes present in the food. So what happens in that first stage of digestion oftentimes doesn't happen and our body has to produce its own enzymes in order to break down the food. And I always say if food gave you energy, then everybody should be just ready to run a 100 meter 
or a, a mar- sprint or a marathon after they have the turkey dinner at, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Well, why do you, why, you know, you eat this massive meal and you have seconds and you have pie and all that sort of stuff. And then everybody's kind of running for the couch or the, or the ground drooling out of their face and passing out. Well, why is that? Our body is shutting down all the non-essential components to send as much blood and as much enzymes to break down this massive meal that we have. So after that 30, 60, uh, we recommend taking enzymes prior to eating, particularly if you're eating cooked food, because you need to break down that food as you would if you were eating it naturally in uh, as all other species on the planet. And I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing to cook food because there's development of the brain stem because of the ability to, to eat more carbohydrates and all that stuff. I'm, I'm not going to discount that, but I'm just saying from a functional component um, that's not necessarily how we were designed. The, after 30 to 60 minutes, your body releases hydrochloric acid. Um, and in order to have enough hydrochloric acid, we need to be well hydrated because that's how we make hydrochloric acid. So in that 30, 60 minute range, the hydrochloric acid starts to be secreted into the uh, stomach area. And that starts altering the pH of the food and the chime that's been kind of put together because you're getting contractions and stuff like that. What happens there is various amino acids start to cleave in the different pH levels and food starts to break down. It exits out of the stomach. Uh, minerals are added to it, which are called bicarbonate buffers that buffer the acid because the acid is very, very acidic. And then it goes into the intestinal tract and that's where the probiotics finish it off. So essentially enzymes are like cutting the grass and the probiotics finish it off as like the mulchers that break it up to that final piece so that we can use these either utilizable energy units or utilizable building blocks. So where people have problems is number one, uh, they don't have enough enzymes present into the food and they don't and they're not able to produce enzymes, particularly as we age, this becomes more and more prominent. There's a researcher out there by the name of Dr. Edward Howell that demonstrated all the effects of this, uh, you know, 40, 50 years ago. He wrote a book called Enzyme Nutrition and Enzymes for um, Health and Longevity. Great research books for people who want to dive into those um, to start to explain what happens on generational gaps of enzyme deficiency and things like that. Um, so that's the first stage. Second stage is by 40 years old, most of us don't produce enough hydrochloric acid. There are exceptions to the rule, but oftentimes that's why we get gas and bloating. We either are not breaking down the food and that's usually an enzyme issue. It's usually a, or a hydrochloric acid issue, or the final stage of that digestion is where the probiotics come in. And oftentimes if you've used a lot of antibiotics, if you've gone through an extremely stressful situation, if you uh, abuse uh, a lot of maybe recreational drugs or uh, a high consumption of caffeinated and carbonated bed, uh, beverages, oftentimes that will alter our what's called our microbiome or our gut flora. Basically, it's it's – 10% good, 10% bad, and 80% opportunist. There's up to 500 strains of probiotics inside your intestinal tract, and they all have functions. Um, some of them are good and some of them are bad, and they'll start feeding on it. And if you have those undigested proteins, what typically happens is the bad bacteria get in there, start consuming that and producing gas and inflammation inside the body. And the toxins they produce, indol, gadol, all this sort of stuff – Oftentimes can lead to depression, can lead to weight gain, they can lead to skin conditions, uh, and you know, of course, in exaggerated conditions we hear of, you know, people with yeast infections and, and so on and so forth, SIBA. And uh, so there's a lot of different things that can happen to people over time. And these things don't develop, you know, 
quickly. There, there's something that's happened over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And we go, well, I never had a problem before. Well, they didn't realize that you were chipping away. And then once you've kind of dropped below that optimal level of enzymes, or there's been an alteration of the microbiome, or you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, you finally slip through that point and you start running into problems. And those problems eventually lead to a variety of conditions. And I think digestive health is where people need to focus if they want to have better health. And that's why um, we focus so strongly on that. So does one have to supplement in order to achieve health? You know, here's what I would say is this. Um, it all comes down to your definition of health. But I can say this. I have never met a, a person at the, at the premium levels of health. And what I mean is extraordinary levels of health. People who were, uh, you know, unusually vibrant, unusually fit, un, unusually adaptable at particularly at, an, at older ages, and I would say after 40, that doesn't use some form of nutritional supplementation. It's very difficult to have the perfect diet. It's very difficult uh, not to find oneself in a variety of different situations where you can't optimize your diet. And I feel it is the best health insurance. And, and in regards to enzymes and probiotics, I think it is the best health insurance there is because uh, Hippocrates uh, wrote that uh, – you know, and, you know, the father of modern medicine said that uh, all disease starts in the gut. So where would one get the right supplements? Because I have plenty of patients who will come to me and they'll, they'll, I'll ask them if they're on this and this, they'll tell me, yes, yes. I'll ask them where and what dose and, and they're a little off the mark. So where would, where would you suggest people get their supplements from? Great question. Um, and this is the, this is the, the downside of what I would say the supplement industry. And that is, there is a lot of products that were built, not to help people, they were built for profitability. And um, they take great research and they put cheap products into it. And, and that's uh, a, a, what I'd say, a, a black eye on the entire industry. I think first and foremost, um, before you get into any you know nutritional supplementation, you do want to have someone who has a holistic health bent uh, that can provide you the guidance that will you know allow you to pick a product that it is actually going to work for you or has a high likelihood of working to, for you. And they've done the research in order to, to determine that the product quality is of significant nature, that it's going to be effective because there's nothing more expensive than a product that doesn't work. So I've, I see all kinds of people that go and take enzymes off the store shelf that cost them five or 10 bucks. And, you know, they, they don't have a hope of that product working because it's poorly made. It's got a bunch of additives into it. It may have been irradiated when it came in. Uh, who knows what the level of quality that might be. And uh, if you have a good, uh, as I call it, member of the Jedi Council, naturopathic doctor, chiropractor, or someone familiar, nutritionist that's familiar with these products and have, have found something that's been effective in their practice, you can leverage their experience and get something that's going to make a difference in your life. But how do you fix that that problem of being able to? Because I've looked into creating some, you know, a, a daily vitamin, and it, it is extremely expensive when you're talking about quality quality mm -hmm. ingredients and getting the right the right vitamins. And how do you, how do you fix a problem like that? You know, this is I, I think this is the biggest challenge that we face in the holistic health industry, and that is in order to be what I would say extraordinary healthy, uh, it's going to cost you money. And, um, I haven't completely 
got around that question because if I look at my own dietary habits and my own nutritional supplementation habits in order to maintain the level of health I have, I spend a considerable amount of money and I'm fortunate enough to to earn enough. And the thing that bothers me the most is people who don't have access to that. And of course, with our healthcare models, our healthcare only focuses on what I say, sick care, you know, treating conditions with drugs or chemicals or surgeries and these type of things after the person has developed some sort of condition. So I think in order to address it, to be frank, there needs to be a complete wholesale shift in what healthcare really is. And for people to understand there is a great place for allopathic medicine. They are world-class at keeping people alive when either through lifestyle or circumstance, like an injury or disease or something that came up is, is, you know, compromising your life are going to kill you. It's world-class of that. I can't fix those type of things. One of my friends is a, a Dr. Horse filter. He fixes hearts. You know, he put the first stent in the body. He holds people's hearts in his hands. You know I mean? Like you do not want to call me for that, but you don't want to take that dietary advice from Dr. Filzer either. Uh, he's got no experience, no background and no business being in taking dietary advice. So I think there needs to be an understanding of the roles of both types of healthcare practitioners. There needs to be an understanding from the individual that they need to get guidance um, from maybe both schools of thought, um, the proper testing involved in their life to determine what product is going to work. And then really focusing on their diet first and then adding uh, supplementation inside of that based on maybe they have uh, predispositions Uh, for uh, the requirements of various products. And speaking about how expensive it can be to take care of yourself, you actually have a special gift for our listeners, correct? That's not going to cost them too much. Well, this is it, you know, because one of the things that we really pride ourselves in is we're on a mission to end physical suffering and to activate awesome health. And I've been very uh, fortunate in life in the fact that Because of those early experiences, I understood the value of health with my sister's death and realizing it's not a guarantee. And, um, you know, I I spent my entire life over 30 years now uh, since that time looking for the, the best, the brightest, the smartest, the most effective, the ways that you can improve health. And what I did is I put together a course which is called um, the Awesome Health Course. And awesome is an acronym, called, which stands for air, water, exercise, sunlight, optimizers, mental beliefs and attitudes, education, uh, testing and coaching. And these are the seven pillars that I feel people need to address to have truly outstanding or awesome health. And I put together a course that is uh, 12 weeks. There's five to 15 minute videos inside the course of all the things that I learned from all the experts that I've learned that we've tested and applied to thousands of people that produced benefits and people can go through the course piece by piece, um, or they can just pick and choose the things that they want to do, watch a video while they're waiting to check out or something, or, you know, their kids are at soccer or something like that. And the bottom line is it's just a way for that they can easily digest and integrate uh, practices uh, in, in a format that's going to work. I have a 15-minute routine in there that allows people to really optimize their health uh, very, very quickly if they're very, very busy. And normally, of course, is uh, 300 bucks, and we're going to give it away to everybody on your podcast today. All they need to do is go to bioptimizer.com slash heal better. Uh, so we'll put the links in there and that will allow them to access the course and learn all about these things. And of course, if they want some digestive aids or something, they'll get some discounts on that as well. So That's awesome. I really appreciate you doing that for my listeners. And if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, where should they go? 
the easiest way to just go to uh, bioptimizers.com. Uh, jump in there and uh, you can find me, connect with me. If you have specific questions, just email our support team. Our customer concierge always directs the uh, questions to me through that. And I answer those uh, via uh, email directly and also sometimes on uh, f- Facebook lives and that sort of type of thing, social media. Well, Wade, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today and a lot of inf- actual information. So I really appreciate the time you took today. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it as well. Best of luck in the future and look forward to connecting with you again. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com.